Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between that's listening. I'm Elizabeth Cheney here with another episode of the In Between Podcast. So if you're listening still, thank you for the support, the continued support. Thank you for listening. Uh, You know, before we get into today's episode, which I have a very special guest, which to be quite honest, I wasn't quite prepared for. It was kind of a, a hope. This person's pretty hard to procure and I was able to procure them. So I'm very, very excited and I get to introduce them here very soon. But before I do that, I just wanted to take a moment to address the Uvalde, Texas shooting that happened last week. It's awful. It's gross. The only thing I want to say is that if you are feeling something, then do something. I've linked some resources in the show notes that you can check out for local legislator, uh, but let's do better. Enough's enough. So uh, let's get into today's episode. Again, it's going to be really fun. Ooh, yeah, today marks, well, actually, this is technically the second day of Pride Month. So happy Pride Month. What a fun celebration. I've already seen all the posts, and I know there's going to be a lot of great things this month. So woohoo! All right, now, so... As you all know, or if you've been following along, you know that I was going on a trip last week for the Memorial Day holiday. Where did I go? I went to Kentucky. Why did I go to Kentucky? Well, the very special reason why I went to Kentucky, it is the, you know, you've heard about him. He's a legend. He is a myth. I'm here to just prove that he's a myth. He's actually an existing human being. Uh, he is my best friend, but also the biggest thorn on my side, but I, I'm here. That's how it's supposed to work. The ying to my yang. That's right, everybody. I suckered my husband, Stan Stater, into joining me on the podcast today. <laughs> so could everybody, all my wonderful followers, give Stan a warm, wonderful welcome to the In Between Podcast. Hello, wonderful followers. Calm down, calm down. The crowd needs to calm down. Oh, my goodness. My new uh, mixer comes with a few sound effects, so I'm just giving them a joy ride. No, okay. That's what it sounds like when I go everywhere. <laughs> 50,000 fans cheering me. Wow. Well, then maybe you can help me be cool on TikTok, because apparently I don't have enough followers to be cool enough to have a link in bio. I don't know anything about TikTok. That's okay. That's okay. I honestly don't expect you to. I know that you know a lot about hunting and fishing and things like that. But anywho, so uh, how excited are you to be here? Tell me on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being just you're overwhelmed with emotion. (laughs) Well. Uh, You got to talk into the mic, honey. That's right. Here it is. (laughs) Well, here we are in our apartment. Super excited to be here. Uh, wouldn't rather be any place since it's actually almost 11 o'clock at night. Well, hey, uh, you know, working a full-time job, I got to find time to record. You know, got to record when I can record. So, uh, God, didn't realize the talent would be so demanding. You should have seen his writer. Good gosh. You know what a writer is? A writer? Yeah, like an artist, like what an artist writer is. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, what is it, Mr. Know-it-all? Somebody who writes your material? <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like what is the list of demands, but like what the artist requires. So like if I was going on tour backstage, I would say, hey, I want all the red gummy bears you can find. Maybe like a box of 54 fruit gushers, a slew of Dunkaroos and a space for my dog. So and just so everybody knows, I suckered her into to doing it this late because I, I told her that we had to watch Stranger Things. So. And why was why did I'm we have sure. to watch Stranger Things? 
Because we love it. We do yeah. love it. Because who doesn't? We that, do that's love it. That's why we had to do it. We do love it, but also because it was the finale of, well, part one of the the new season. But also, what did you say? You said, because we got to talk about it on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that uh, that was a great excuse. That was so a great So we're going to talk about it on the podcast. All right. Well, I mean, there's not much to talk about because no spoilers. So, yeah, Stranger Things. Uh, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty scary. Did you? Well, I'm asking you. If you were scared, I'm going to assume the answer was no. Well, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's a television show, so that's just me. But it, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, if we're talking about on levels of spooky, I mean, it's a little, you know, I think that's kind of what we all somewhat enjoy about about Stranger Things, you know, because it incorporates all those spooky 80s movies type, you know, plot lines and, like, ideas and stuff. Agreed. And, they, and they, get, they get all the music in there. Like, it, you feel the 80s when you watch it. You definitely do. Things. It's like and a unique kind of, of show. It. See, it's just, I'm a giant sissy. Like, capital S-I-S-S-Y. And I have an overactive imagination, and I can't watch scary movies, but I test the limits of Stranger Things. I truly do. And it's the bone cracking for me that stays in the head. But, you know, I got to say this season, it got so spooky at some point, I guess my 31 year old maturity kicked in and I was like, this is all fake. This is not real. This is a TV show. And then I was able to stomach it a lot better. So don't know why I developed that at 31, but maybe it's because I was finally scared enough to finally realize, stop torturing yourself, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, why torture myself? It's all fake anyway. But anyways, that. Did it meet your expectations, Dan? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think it did. You know, this what, the direction they're going in this season's been pretty cool. Obviously, if you've been watching it at all, they're going for that Freddy Krueger angle a little bit this season. And if you've watched it all the way through, like some of those tie-ins they've done to, or at least like this halfway point or wherever we're at, episode seven or eight, before they release, what is it, two more on July 1st or <laughs> yeah, what, however they're doing it. And uh, we just lo- watched that last one, and that was definitely a cool reveal or whatever. It was a good it was cliffhanger. Good. It was a good cliffhanger. I was nervous it was going to be, like, such a cliffhanger. I was going to be super pissed about it. Like, oh, God, I am so unfulfilled, and that is going to itch for a whole month. But it was like a cliffhanger where, like, I feel like I got enough info, enough juice, enough of, enough part of the mystery was, like, answered where I'm like, okay, I can wait. Shit, I can wait. And then also they have one whole new season that will come, like, next year. So we're, we still got time for our Stranger Things fix. So I'm okay. I'm content. Yeah. And, I mean, since they spread it out, you know, they're they're forcing us to, to have some more stuff to watch later since we've waited so long. We deserve yeah. it. Yeah, we binged like that whole thing like instantly. We did. So That's now we still got some more episodes. Uh, <laughs> um, you can blame Stranger Things for the delayed episode release this week, and also you can blame the holiday because, as I mentioned earlier, as a reminder, we went out of town, and well, your girl was tired, and Stan, I'm sure you were very tired too, um, even though you didn't realize I was gonna sucker you into being my guest host this week. But I thought, what better co-host? Than to talk about my trip than the said human being that accompanied me on my said trip. So let's talk about getting lucky in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Stan, why don't you tell the audience why we first went to Kentucky to begin with? So Liz, my sweet wife, loves me. and <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we've established that. <laughs> and planned a 
birthday trip for me for my 30th birthday, which was in April of 2020. Ooh, something happened in 2020. Yeah, so for those of us, you know, for, for you know, thinking back, something was going on back then. Yeah. And so we didn't go. We didn't get to go, no. But we were able to, we had like a two-year credit. Little did we know it would take almost two years for things to be chill enough for us to go. Yep. But we finally made it out, and it was awesome. So Stan's a really big bourbon drinker. That's why we we went. So I'm sure he'll take me to Napa Valley eventually, California. But, uh, you know, this is his Napa Valley, so to speak. Big bourbon guy. And I, somebody had kind of mentioned to me a couple of years ago, hey, you should surprise him on a bourbon tour because Kentucky has these you know crazy bourbon tours. And I'm thinking, first thought, ugh. I hate bourbon, but God, he would like that. That'd be pretty cool. So that's why I surprised him. Yeah, I your girl, your OG over here was like, I know you'd love it. And um, we were originally supposed to go with our friends, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, we were originally supposed to go with our friends. And, um, and then because, you know, it took forever and a day for it to happen again, it just got difficult coordinating schedules. So they went earlier and we went now. But it was so much fun. Stan, do you think I had fun? Forget that I just said I had fun. Let's rewind. Stan, do you think I had fun? Given that I was, I'm not a bourbon person and I don't really at all drink bourbon. Zero, literally never. Actually, yeah. I think we we both had a, had a great time. Kentucky was, <laughs> was really cool. Even more so than I, I was expecting. Louisville was just like really, it was a, it was a cool city and... It was different. So much about Louisville and Kentucky that I wasn't expecting. Like, because being a bit of a urban nerd myself, I guess you know, I was thinking, you know, like I already know so much about you know bourbon and and distilleries that I feel like I could halfway educate you know these people better than tour guides half the time. But like, <laughs> uh, not really. But like, you probably but, could. Let's be real. Yeah, but the the tour guides for mint and julep. We're just shout out to Mint Julep. Yes, and especially Dan. Dan just he Dan the really, man. really educated us, and that was part of what made it so cool. I feel like he went up. He went above beyond. We had a spectacular tour guide. I agree. I feel like I know more about Louisville and Kentucky than I do about Georgia and Atlanta. But you know, I'll answer the question for myself as well. I had a friggin' blast. Did I think I was gonna have that much fun? I'll be honest with you. No, I thought I might be slightly bored. I didn't think I wouldn't have fun, but I would. I, I kind of viewed it as like a parent watching their like toddler play t-ball like oh I'm proud of him like I'm not really getting much out of this but like he's having the time of his life not trying to say you're a toddler but I am trying to say I did not know how much enthusiasm I was gonna have but oh my god it was so freaking cool and by the end of the trip I was sipping bourbon like a g (laughs) yes like a like a g (laughs) That's <gasps> definitely the best way to describe what what how you were sipping. Okay, by like the last flight, my faces weren't as bad. I didn't make as much like a stank face, like oh god, this burns. Like I was finally, start, I was trying to you know relax, relax everything on the, on the face. <laughs> that was at the Heaven Hill Distillery. I was like, oh, that this is that. That's when I started to grow up, so to speak, grow some hair on the chest and accept the bourbon for what it was. It was gonna burn, but. That's okay. It's wild. You'd be drinking it like a G from your, because you're from the ATL, babe, right? Because you're ATLian. Oh. Is that why you're drinking it like a G? Um, 
We can go that route. I was drinking it like a G because gangster. Like, I just drink it because I can drink it really well. Like, I've always drank it because I'm OG. Just had a thought. What's your thought? Cornbread. <laughs> Shh. We might have learned some, some mafia folklore. We're not going to talk about it just because, you know, you don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. You know how the mafia is. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, so Stan, tell us, tell tell the audience the cool stuff we learned about Kentucky. You know, the limestone stuff. Like, what makes Kentucky bourbon bourbon? You want me to give them the, the bourbon 101 rundown? Give them the bourbon 101 rundown, please, sir. All right. Well, for all you <laughs> folks out there. If you want to know what makes bourbon bourbon, there's this thing we have called a mash bill, and that's what the whiskey is made of, essentially. So, uh, your bourbon mash bill has to be at least 51% corn, and then they use, the secondary grains they use, they use uh, rye, wheat, and malted barley. You can use all four if you want. That would be a four-grain mash bill. Most most bourbon you drink is is a rye mash bill, like your Jim Beam I'm literally just watching you become animated. I love it. Look, this this is passion, people. I wish everyone had the, the view I had. His eyes are lighting up. They're glistening. I love it. But continue. Yes. This is why she took me to Kentucky. Yeah, because he's freaking into it. Yes. I mean, but this, it, I mean, imagine this level of excitement. Like, it really was, it was awesome. It made the trip more fun for me. But yeah. Uh, so the bourbon Mashville, it's it, 51% corn, and then they'll use secondary rye and wheat ingredients. And like I said, most most bourbon is, is going to be a rye mash bill. But for those who know like a little bit about bourbon, the lore, y'all might have heard of like Pappy and stuff like that. Those are weeded mash bills. One thing I did learn, I, I don't think I knew how they used the malted barley. Like I didn't realize it wasn't like cooked into the mash bill. I think they said they like added in after they yeah. cook the mash to like breaks down the sugars or something. I don't know. All I know is it was these enti- these really, really humongous big vats, and they were like, if you fall in, you'll drown because you can't float. And I was just stuck on that thought of someone falling in, and I'm like, wow, like that could be a situation. And then I started wondering, yeah. I wonder if it's happened. Well, if, if y'all have ever seen Beer Fest, that actually happens. What's his name? Falls in the vat of beer, and he can't get out because alcohol is like less dense than water. Is that what it was? It's something like that. So you can't swim in it. You can't float in it. Like you can't. I don't know. It blew my mind. So Stan's literally nutting out because he's like learning all this cool shit. I'm over here wondering, wow, if I fall into that, I can't get back out. So that just goes to show where each of our thoughts were. But don't worry. Slowly as the trip went on, my, my brain got a little bit more into it. Wait, let me go over Kentucky Bourbon 101. Just one last thing. We went over the mash bill. It oh, has no, to be no, in no. a charred oak barrel. And there's different stages. And the oak barrel is like a whole other conversation that I think is super barrel. into. But no, what's what's the big part about Kentucky and what they distill the bourbon with? Oh, the limestone water. Well, just so you know, it can be made anywhere in America. But 95% of the world's bourbon is made there in Kentucky. They have, what was it, 10 million. 10.5 million barrels. There's 4 million people that live in Kentucky, they said, and like ten over 10 million barrels of a bourbon. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking about that. I was like, hmm, well, there's about 10 or 11 million people in Atlanta, isn't there? But- right. It's like crazy. <laughs> like the whole entire population of Atlanta, They're Georgia like- is like double what the entire population of the entire state of Kentucky is. Yeah. It's I was interesting. Like, oh, there's more bourbon barrels and people out there, but there's... Just not a lot of people in Kentucky. There's yeah. only 800,000 in Louisville is what they said. It's crazy. But no, Louisville's no. Louisville's a big city, too. It was, it was pretty big. And there's like lots of crazy things. Like, not crazy, like, ah, 
crazy, but cool stuff that comes out of Louisville. Like there's the Louisville Slugger baseball bat. There's the, um, they have a big like medical complex and they like said they did the first prosthetic heart. I, I don't know. I digress. Stan, Stan, I want the audience to know about the limestone. Yeah, I was about Talk to, to them about that. the limestone. So- this is the coolest stuff. The coolest little, I feel like these, this is like the coolest fact that we learned. It's definitely one of the cool facts. Like I, I had already known that they use limestone water, you know, to add to bourbon and stuff like that. And that a lot of, there's a lot of limestone water in Kentucky. I knew there was a lot of limestone in Kentucky. I didn't know quite the scale of like how big that slab is that goes over that part of Kentucky, but it's a whole big ass part <laughs> because yeah. basically all of North America was a sea prehistoric times. So yeah, this is basically sediment left over. Yeah. But they use when you, when you proof down bourbon. So if you're not drinking it at barrel proof, they'll add limestone water to it to proof it down to, you know, that 80 or 90 proof mark that a lot of people are drinking it at, but they also use it to make their bourbon. And it was interesting. They said that when they first started making whiskey, Back east in Virginia, on the coast or whatever, the water out there has a lot of iron in it, and it would turn the whiskey black, they said. And the limestone water from Kentucky filtering through that slab, it filters out that iron, and it adds calcium and what was it, magnesium? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, and, and other and like other minerals and stuff too. Yeah, so that like adds you know good flavor, and it also and it strips the iron and prevents it from turning black, and you know helps. I mean, the barrel char produces that amber color, but like I guess so. If the I iron guess this contributes to it too. Yeah, but well, if I, I think it just not having that iron takes that turning it black away. Yeah. But the amber really, the, the, the color really comes from the, the barrel char, from it sitting in the barrel. Actually, I do remember learning that. But but the main point being, there is a special water, essentially, that comes out of Kentucky. I mean, not comes out of Kentucky, but the water in Kentucky is special. It adds natural flavor, natural everything. Just really cool. Yeah. And, you, you know, it was another interesting thing they told us is that I guess that's just like a characteristic of a lot of places where whiskey is made or good whiskey I'm not a big scotch guy myself, but apparently they said, I, I think Scotland sits on a lot of limestone apparently, so they're, hmm. they're, they use limestone water as well, I guess. So uh, where all the big whiskey bourbon things are, that's the yeah. limestone follows. Yeah, so the limestone <laughs> water is apparently just a big important factor in making whiskey. Uh, apparently it gives you that good, that good, that good, good. So speaking of limestone water, I have a follow-up question. What other big resource... Is Kentucky known for, or big supplier is Kentucky known for? Oh, you know, only the world's greatest horses. And why are they the world's greatest horses? Because of that limestone water. Exactly. Well, actually, a lot of other things too. Well, yes, training, pedigree. It was that was like almost like an added factor. I feel basically. Like. Well, I kind of viewed it as okay. So basically, what we're getting at is we learn what makes the bourbon so amazing. It's be and why ninety five percent of it's made here is because of this limestone water. And they were saying it's also like, or it's just it's a, a factor that makes the horses run faster and, and they're stronger and they're quicker and they're just basically for lack of better words, better versions of themselves because of the limestone water, because of the minerals and nutrients and calcium. But Yeah, they got them strong bones. Right. And I just view it as like, okay, so they've been bringing horses over since like the seven, like from Louisiana, from the 1700s. This is just like generations and generations of horses that have been, you know, drinking the juice, so to speak. 
And now they're just like efficient as heck. I don't know. I am not a horse trainer. I feel like I'm talking about shit that I shouldn't be talking about because I know nothing about it. But point being, people, Kentucky, there's something in the water. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) I've been waiting all day to say that. (laughs) They were saying, though, that like what happened, apparently they, they would, if I'm remembering this correctly, they would, you know, take a boat. They were shipping whiskey down... South to Louisiana, New Orleans area, which Bourbon Street, another like thing. And apparently everything in Kentucky and Louisiana is all named after French stuff. Because of the American Revolution and paying homage to the French and their help. Yeah, but anyway, so they were taking these boats down with this whiskey. But once they got to New Orleans, they would have to come back. And so they would have to sell their ship or do whatever to, to get horse money. And buy a really fast horse because they had to go, and apparently they had to, you know, out outrun Native Americans who had wild mustangs. So they needed really fast horses. So they kept on just getting these really fast horses, and of course, only the fastest horses could out who could outrun these wild mustangs and stuff were making it back to Kentucky. So only the fastest horses were getting. Getting back to Kentucky. So they already have the creme de la creme. And then you throw in the water, and now you got your jingle and juice. And you, you got the, that magical limestone water, and you just got the fastest horse. And that's why there's a Kentucky Derby. Actually, I have no idea if that's actually why. But, I mean, I would... I don't think it'd be a far-fetched guess to assume that is why. But, you know, all of the bourbon history aside, it was so freaking cool to tour the distilleries. I mean, some are state-of-the-art. Some are still super, super old-school from, like, like original structures even if you're not a bourbon drinker it was fascinating but i do want to tell the story of the buffalo trace distillery and how we almost got stranded so uh first of all stan i would like to i'd like to ask you a first question before we start the story how would you rate my general anxiety on this trip would you say i was pretty good but at least until the you know the end of the day, uh, the end of the trip, because I mean traveling home is never fun for somebody with anxiety. But um, and not because of the planes, but just because you know we got to be there three hours early. Yep, I'm one of those people at the airport. Absolutely. No, it's it was fine. It wasn't <laughs> wasn't that bad. Thanks, babe. Thanks for still loving me. You you still go on a trip with me? Yeah, I mean you know as long as I'm there to bring it back down to earth, you know. You're pretty you. good. So I just want to say before I start this epic story, given that you know. You know I got anxiety. You know how to calm your girl down. You know I did some. I did good. I did good. Would you say that the situation at Buffalo Trace normally would have triggered my anxiety? I probably would have freaked out. Probably would have been like, "Oh shit, this is a situation, right?" Well, yeah. I mean, I think it did. You know, he just didn't. But uh, I handled it. Okay. It so. wasn't like stage five, like <laughs> losing your mind. I guess. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to ask you later on what stage five lose my mind is. I love that. Okay, so let's just get into the story, Stan. So we Buffalo Trace is not in Louisville. It is in Frankfurt, which is technically the capital of Kentucky. Even though there ain't nothing out there. Apparently, it's <laughs> super small. It's, just, it's super small, and it's the capital. But uh, anywho, as two you know, non-Louisville, non-Kentucky natives, I assume the capital, oh, that should be fine for rideshare transportation. Mind you, Frankfurt is like an hour from Louisville. But, hey, you know what? 
we are law of attracting the best trip because we so far everything that could go right was going right. We got to check in the hotel super early. We landed early. We were able to get an earlier flight already. And I was like, hell yeah, we're going to fit in Buffalo Trace before they close because I knew how much you wanted to go. So uh, we are eating lunch, getting ready. And we realized it's, it's, it's a, it's, it wasn't as easy to get a ride share. And our bartender's like, hey, where are you going? And we're like, we're going to Frankfurt. And they're like, ooh. And then we're like, well, what's that for? Well, you know, it, it might be hard getting it back, getting back. And we were like, well, okay, well, shit. Like, we're literally about to make this trek, so what's your advice? You know, if you're leaving before 6, you should be fine. Okay, okay. Well, also, it was rainy as a hell. We get an Uber. It's like $100-something because everything's expensive. And uh, halfway, halfway to Frankfurt, the Uber guy goes, this is the longest Uber I've ever taken, I've ever driven. And we're like, okay, okay, whatever. Now, is my gut going off yet that I think we may not be able to get back home? Actually, not yet. You, you'd you be proud, right? I'd say, I'd say I think it was great. I think it was great. We weren't even worried about it. We weren't even worried about it, even though all, already we've been warned. We've already started to see signs that we may have some issues. So we show up. It's, it's raining. It's just kind of gross, but whatever. We got some good pictures in. We do the tour. Super cool. We'll talk about that in a second if you want. And uh, we're in the gift shop. So now, Stan, I want you to tell me, once we're in this, the gift shop and you start looking up ride shares, what happens? <laughs> Nothing. It was a complete fail. Just, oh, well, I, was it you or me? I actually can't even remember. Was it you that had the, like, $350 Uber? But No, I think it was, no, it, well, yes, it was me. I remember, yes, you're I right. I think I just didn't get anything. You were trying. We were, no, we were both competing. Yeah, we were both lift trying. and work. And then Uber like tricked me or something and made me think that I was getting a ride. And then like after five minutes, it was just like gone. And when I saw the four hundred dollar uh, price amount on Lyft, but realized there was no drivers around, I was like, "That's why they're surging right now." Oh shit! It's almost five o'clock. It is pouring down rain. We are an hour from Louisville. What do we do? So we go to the register lady, and then please describe what happened, Stan. Well, you know, we gave her the rundown our, on our situation. Very calmly, very cool. Liz did not freak out. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, told her we couldn't find a, a Uber or whatever, and that we were trying to go back to Louisville. And she was like, yeah, trying to go back to Louisville. And she's like... <laughs> Good luck. See, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for all my friends listening, what do you think my reaction typically would have been in that scenario? Not well. Not well. I probably would have been, uh, yeah. Not. It wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have been good. So, uh, I'd like to know, like, what did you see happen? Because I kind of blacked out in that moment because. It was like fear and anger all hit at once. I do think the f- controlled fear over overtook the anger, but I'd like to know what how it was how how was it watching it. I honestly don't remember. I think you just told her that that didn't help you, and you walked away. So anticlimactic. And then I kept checking out, and then um... okay, so basically, okay, sorry, that was anticlimactic. As hell. Ev- ev- I apologize. Eventually, eventually you, like you were like you, you know. Walked away and didn't freak out on her, but we're still clearly 
pissed because she said that. And to be fair, like it was like, well, that. Well, basically, so this is actually what I wouldn't want you to tell that to to a customer. So basically, (laughs) we're like, hey, this is a situation. We can't get home. What what can you do to help us? And she's like, good luck. And I said, well, that does not help me get back to Louisville. And I just stared at her. And then she realized, okay, this bitch is not happy and I need to help her. Well, no, she didn't do anything at first. You walked away. I kept checking out. And then she just continued to notice that you were like, you weren't really doing anything. You were just on your phone. You were like just trying to figure shit out. And And then I said, is there not a taxi service here? And she said, there's two taxis and they don't leave Frankfurt. Yeah. And then (laughs) she just randomly decided to give us those cards. She, she's, she's, she, she randomly goes, she's like, you, guys, you know what? You, y'all can you, call these people. You might be, you might have luck with them. And we're it's like, like yeah, you could have told us that 10 minutes. And then ago. she also said that nobody comes like there's the reason for no ride chairs. Cause everyone's always drunk. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know if you've ever been to a tasting, but it's literally like a quarter of a shot yeah, per tasting. Ridiculous. So regardless, regardless, pouring down rain, five o'clock hour. We, we are left to the the fate of these two business cards. Also, it's business cards. So I just want you to understand the situation we're in. So I call the first business card. Go straight to voicemail. I leave him a voicemail. Second business card. I call it. It's James. He answers on like the third ring. I'm like, hey, James. Oh, my God, you answered. I'm so desperate. Like I can feel my heart fluttering. And he's like, what's up? What? Who is this? And I'm like, hey, I, I got your business card from the Buffalo Trace people. Um, So we're kind of stranded and we need to get back to Louisville. And I just need to know, well, you can pick us up because no one's going to pick us up. I don't know how I'm going to get home. And he goes, wait, you're where? Buffalo Trace. Okay. You're going where? Louisville? And his response was, ugh. <laughs> and I said, what, what, what's your price? Well, because, like, I mean, mind you, we'd already been quoted hundred, like $400. And he's like, it ain't going to be cheap. And I also want you to know, he wasn't like being a douche, like trying to like take advantage. I could just tell this man was like, shit, I'm going to have to take this chick from Frankfurt to Louisville. And I am not trying to do that, but uh, okay, I got it. I got it. I got to take care of him. Uh, it'll be 150 and we're like sold to the highest bidder. Uh, well, yes. Do you need our coordinates? I'll drop you a pin. He's like, I'll be there in 20. So we then proceeded to, of course, buy rain jackets because it was pouring down rain and we didn't have an umbrella. They were nice rain jackets too. I'm they glad were. we got those. It worked out that it was raining really hard and we just so happened to purchase some more merchandise. Spin it. Spin it. Pretty penny there. Yeah, Stan was Stan's living his best life. He's like, I need that shirt, I need that sticker, I need that coaster, I need that cup, I need that bourbon. It's okay. It was honestly watching a kid in a candy store. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, but anywho, it's like my Disneyland. It really, it really was. It really was. So we are getting poured on, you know, poured down rain because the distillery is closed at this point, and I am just waiting for that black. What what did he? What was he drawing? It was like a not an Ultima, but it was um an Avalon. Uh, Avalon. Yep. All of a sudden, I see it coming through, and I could have cried. Uh, we get in the car. It's great. Thank God this guy's not weird, because mind you, I don't know what I'm going to get with the business card. And we proceed to have a very enjoyable ride back to Louisville with James. And we had a great conversation. Told him to call his son. James, if you're listening, I hope you called your son. You need to call your son. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. It was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um it was it was it was really awesome. I'm I'm glad cuz I know we were, you know, questioning even about going out there cuz we had you had reserved these tours for us and we were like sitting there in the in the in the Omni, which was pretty awesome. It was pretty sweet. Um, we were so tired. We've been up early. We went to bed late packing cuz of course yeah. we wait till the last minute cuz that's who we are. 
Yeah, it was it was it was tough. We got there and we just wanted to sleep and but we rallied. We rallied. We're like we're gonna go out to Frankfurt. We're gonna visit Buffalo Trace. You know, it's just a legendary distillery. You know, old old fire copper for those more cultured bourbon people. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> don't know if that's my audience, but uh. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it was it was great getting out there. And you know what I really wanted to do? It, it was great getting out into the Rick houses and just what's a Rick house? Because I doubt anybody listening knows what that is. All right, so that's like where they put the barrels to age, right? So you like make your mash and. You distill it, and uh, then you put it in, in the charred oak, the new charred oak barrels, and then you put them in the rickhouses to sit there and age. For- so a rickhouse, so you guys understand, it's like this massive warehouse-type structure that is made of all wood, and it's like not... it. it goes with the natural conditions of the outside, the weather, the seasons, and it stores like tens of thousands of these barrels like it's not just like a little shed it's like 25,000 plus 38,000 plus 56,000 plus barrels of bourbon like it's about 30 to 58 I think is the max it's crazy like I mean standing in one of those and just kind of like taking it all in is a little like wow here is another moment in life where I feel small (laughs) and it was funny now you just talking about that makes uh, reminds me like most of the rickhouses you feel pretty pretty good and then we went to Barton and they were talking about the the plum bob or whatever oh my gosh Barton and for reference Barton Distillery I think it was like a couple years ago now they actually had one of their rickhouses collapse because um, it's so old like they're one of like the original or distilleries that have like the original structures in place still yeah but they were telling us about how the their you know the things are engineered so you know if everything's like balanced or whatever. Oh, and mind you, everybody, we are in the freaking Rick house when she's telling us this. Yeah. And I mean, you're not scared, but like it, it, it's, <sighs> it is funny her like telling you that and you and making you think about that and then them, you know, mentioning like, by me, the way, <laughs> me already knowing that this happened, but her bringing it up and reminding me like, oh yeah, you're right. That y'all did have a Rick house collapse a couple of years ago. <laughs> And you're like, just that like, is, a thing. is that plum bob like run blobbing? Like, what's going on? Are we yeah. are we straight here? Yeah, that one that was a little spooky. I was like, okay, tour's over. We're leaving this room, right? Okay, great. Yeah, but it was it was awesome. Like, Gotta try bourbon straight from the barrel. Yeah, they they fiefed some bourbon, and you know we got that at uh, at Bardstown. We got it straight from the barrel. I thought I thought they were gonna be doing that a little bit more, but at uh, other tours, but. The, Bardstown was the only one that did it, I think. But yeah, they fiefed it right out of the barrel, and it was got, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So we that got some of that guide. char in there with it, and it was, <laughs> it was nice, fresh out of out of the barrel. So a lot of a lot of cool experiences. A lot of yeah, definitely. And if you ever go and you're on the fence because you're like, well, I'm not a big, bro. it's so much fun. The historical information you learn is so interesting and so unique, and I don't know, it's fascinating. It's very cool. Uh, you know. I will say, Stan, 10 out of 10 will travel with you again, more than likely. Yeah. And we'll go back to Kentucky again, too. Yeah, we got, like, we got to, I mean, there's. There's more I mean, distilleries. There's, like, this. hundreds, right? Yeah, well. Uh, Actually, I can't I even remember know. how many. I but, know it's more than 50. But there's certainly more than we went to, because we did, obviously, we did Buffalo Trace. We did Stitzel. And then, so that was the only one that wasn't on the Mint Julep Tours. The other ones we did was, we went to Buffalo Trace, obviously. We went to Stitzel Weller, Heaven Hill. Bardstown, 
and uh, Lux Row. I and Barton's. Oh yeah, and Barton, duh, duh, yeah. So we <laughs> went, yeah. So we went to quite a few, but I mean, even in Louisville, right there on the strip, you know, you have Old Forester. They just got back there and like. And these are all distilleries and bourbons people. Ooh, oh my god, we didn't even tell them. There's a there was a speakeasy in our hotel that was really cool with a yeah. bowling alley. Yeah, I was gonna say that was really cool with the bowling alley. That Omni Hotel was awesome. All the food there was awesome. Stands like, an Omni an Omni fan. Yeah, now. We're, now we're instead Omni, of Only fans, we're Omni fans. <laughs> we're we are an Omni. That's funny, babe. Laugh now. at me. <laughs> on cue. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> is that the one you meant to put? <laughs> yes. Cause I okay, wow, wow. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, Omni fans, big time, big time Omni fans. That was a great hotel experiences uh, experiences as far as hotel experiences go. So catch catch him on TripAdvisor. He's got all the words and all the things to convince you to do the things. Yeah, they have good food. Oh my god! And a speakeasy. Okay, so yeah. uh, anyways, well, babe, I appreciate you finally gracing your presence on the pod. So wait, why why did you wait so long to get on the pod? Tell, tell everybody. Because you, you told me earlier, and it cracked me up. I'd like to know. So so the reason Stan had to wait is because. Basically, I had to get better. <laughs> oh, yeah. We needed those 50,000 fans to clap me on when I came on. You know? Oh, yeah. The 50,000 fans. Because everyone knows I got 50,000. It's more like I mean, we 15. heard them clapping at the beginning. It was You're a live right. audience. You're right. It was a live audience. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the live audience consists of us and our dog. But, uh, yes, no. Um, thank you so much for being on. I've only asked you like every week and you finally were like, fine, you, you, God, I will. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're super loving and amazing. No, I had to beg her to get on here. I was like, let me on your podcast, baby. But only after I watch Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that was the only caveat. Yeah, because we had to have a good intro. Make it comfy. Give them content. You know, like, how did you describe it? You said, babe, this is content. This is content creating because we were, we were doing research for our content. So, yeah. Any excuse to watch Stranger Things. Oh, goodness gracious. I love you. And uh, do you think you're going to come back on? I don't know. Maybe we'll let the fans decide. We'll let the fans decide. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll be on, especially when I run out of ideas. Anywho. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I'm going to wrap things up here because that's about our trip in Louisville. It's awesome. Check it out. It's uh, pretty inexpensive in terms of all the things to do there, and it's worth, it's worth it. It's a cool city. It's worth exploring. So you know what to do. If you're not at already, and at this point, how dare you, please go like and follow Rate, review, all the fun things for all my podcasts on all the directories. I love you guys. I just, again, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate all the support. And, uh, hey, I'm going to start trying to interact a little bit on Instagram. Check me out there at in.betweenpod and also uh, the In Between Podcast on TikTok. If you remember from last week, I need, I still need a 1,000 followers. So uh, Help out my wife. Right. Come on. Because, uh, you know... I think I only have 30, but that's you okay. You guys are slacking. You need to do your homework. Um, I think the real the real slacker here is your wife, and she needs to do her homework. But, hey, baby steps. No, you're perfect, babe. Oh, God. God. I should keep him around. I should just keep him around. Anyway, <laughs> I should keep you around. Thank you. I love you. You're perfect, too. You know who else is perfect? Our pup. 
Popo. Tell Popo. She's pretty perfect. Pretty perfect Popo. Luna, do you have anything to say? Do you have anything to add? She's passed out. She's yeah, puppy. She's, she's Popo dreaming. She says 11 o'clock p.m. I'm sleepy. See ya. <laughs> Love her. Okay, but anyways, yes. In dot between pod on Instagram at the in between podcast. You heard Stan. I'm freaking perfect. Please go follow me. Like, follow, subscribe, rate, review, all the things on all the directories. And uh, next week, I have another special guest. My girlfriend, Illy, is going to be on. And we're talking about faking it until you make it. So should be exciting. So uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, remember what I said at the top of the call? I'm linking some resources in the show notes about how to contact your legislator and all that fun stuff. And uh, hey, you are amazing. I'm so happy you're here. I am so happy you exist. Go out there and seize the day. And that's that. This is Elizabeth, and I'll see you next week on the In Between Podcast. Bye.